Welcome to AAF District Forecast, the show that puts you in touch with advertising leaders, emerging talent, and industry news from across Florida and the Caribbean. And now, here are your hosts, District 4 Governor John Ruff and Communications Co-Chair Jacob Edenfield. Welcome to Episode 3. Once again, we've got a lot of content to cover, so let's get to the news. Club leaders all across the district are getting ready to head to Sarasota for the 2021 AAF District 4 Summer Conference. Here, we'll have club workshops, personal development speakers, board meetings, and of course, the Angel Award presentation Saturday night. Attending the Angel Awards is completely free, so if you're in the area or you want to make the drive, come to the Westin in Sarasota on the night of the 18th. Our monthly attitude will occur once again this month on September 23rd. It's informative, free, and all you need to do is register. You can get more info at aafdistrict4.org. And now, here's my co-host, Jacob Edenfield. So this month, I have Arian Mull from Burnett Garcia here to talk about some recent work that won at the National American Advertising Awards, as well as other things that are going on at the agency. How's it going, Arian? Great. How are you? I'm doing well. So I'm going to put you on the spot. Who would win in a fight, Burnett or Garcia? <laughs> um, well, uh, Diane and Jorge are both Burnett Garcia, so I guess it's a tie. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right, so um, tell me a little bit about the work that recently won at the big show. Um, it was a campaign called The Art of Healing for Baptist Health. Just give me a little overview for someone who may not have seen it. Sure. So Baptist MD Anderson approached us because they had recently completed their new cancer health and healing building, um, which was a really innovative take on building something from, from scratch that really can transform the way somebody could move through the cancer journey and move towards healing. Um, so they had really focused in on those important principles and how somebody can really get well at every aspect of building the building. And they'd really um, also put a lot of energy into creating this beautiful art collection that really accentuated the all of those features of the building and and enhanced the healing journey. So they wanted to highlight that. And so they approached us to really dive in on all the little details of the building and the art collection and find the stories with the artists and with the with the patients and put it together in a compilation that could, um, that really brought that journey and that story to both the people working at MD Anderson and in the general public. Awesome. That sounds incredible. The mixture of the healing and the art portion of this project. I'm going to link to it from our site so that people can check it out after they listen to this episode, because it's just a fantastic project, really um, interesting and unexpected for the healthcare category, which is what I liked about it so much. Thank you. Yeah, we um, we were really excited about this project. Um, we like to kind of find the unique story um, in every project that we work on. And I think that the team that we had on it, um, Ronnie Burnett had worked at Jacksonville Magazine for over 20 years. So she really brought this magazine editorial style design to it. And Jack Twatchman, our copywriter, um, is really interested in healthcare and 
art and finding the connection there. So I think that the combination of both of those working under, you know, the direction of Eduardo Sarmiento as well, it really brought the story to life. So let me ask you this, Erin, give us some insight into the creative process at Burnett Garcia. How do you guys go from the beginning, a strategy to some of these beautiful executions at the end of it? Um, we, I think it's different for every project. And I think that's what is special about Burnett Garcia, among, among other things, um, I like to think is that we, uh, we really assemble teams that are passionate about each project. Um, we, we don't work on anything as an agency that we don't want to work on. We, um, we really are selective with our clients and are really wanting each client to really speak to common good and and kind of align with our principles. And so when we receive a project like this, or when we, you know, actively go try to pitch a project, um, we're putting together a team that is that is passionate about the subject matter and is technically skilled or wants to advance in in the areas that we're that we're working in. So I, I think that we're we're starting with an advantage that everyone comes to a project excited, um, motivated, and really wanting to advance the mission of whatever we're doing. And so, I mean, with this one, it it was special because it was a beautiful building, beautiful art. So we were able to really dive in, go talk to artists, go take pictures, be there as the building was being built, really feel the story. Um, and then, you know, work together as a team, copywriter and art directors, really finding how this can come together. And I think that the other thing that is a little bit special about this is that, you know, this is the first book that we as an agency ever, ever did. So I think it, it's also important to come together, you know, come to a project with a fresh perspective and not be afraid of that and really bring your own personal inspiration and bring fresh perspective to a project. So that's a really interesting philosophy that you mentioned, having the people who take on a project have an innate passion for it. How do you guys handle that from a process perspective? Is it literally a hand raise from somebody that says, hey, I really want to get in on this? How does it work? Um, yeah, I, I, it, most of the time it is, honestly. We recently and are still working with the CDC on their COVID um, messaging, uh, COVID vaccine messaging. And you know, the, the minute we got the contract, I had a couple chats from people about, you know, oh, hey, I want to work on that. I, I'm really passionate about that. And those are the people we put on the campaign. So we really try to honor that with, with all of our employees. That is so cool and incredible. Uh, I love the idea of kind of this creative bullpen where people are raising their hands for the stuff that they really want to just hit it out of the park. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, it keeps it fresh and it keeps it fun for sure. Yeah, it sounds like a very cool environment. So, I mean, that's a good segue to what else do you guys have on the near horizon that personally excites you right now? Sure. So we have two things that I'm really excited about that I wish I could show you, but they should launch very soon. The first one is um, we're working with the CDC on their Stop Overdose campaign. Um, as, as I'm sure you know, illegal substances um, overdosing is just an incredible epidemic right now. We're working with them on a multi-pronged approach dealing with the topics of fentanyl, poly substance use, naloxone, and um, really, you know, combating the issues of stigma 
um, creating four mini campaigns for them. And they're all going to have really amazing digital presence and um, TV spots. And they're all really special and inspirational. And I think that they're going to help save a lot of lives. And then the second thing is that we are working with Health and Human Services on a HIV viral suppression campaign. And we got the opportunity to work with a really cool artist named Tammy Coker. And if you're a designer on Instagram, his art is probably all over your feed. It's amazing. Um, as well as a really cool Miami photographer, Jeffrey Salter. And the, the end result is just this beautiful, artistic, inspirational campaign that I think just really unexpected for the topic. And I also hope that it's going to uh, go a long way to move the needle on the topic. Those both sound incredible. For anyone who may not be as familiar with uh, overdoses, naloxone that you mentioned is the chemical name for Narcan, right? Yes, that's correct. It's it's actually um, commonly comes in like a nose spray type product. And we're really just trying to up the awareness of the product and that you can get it in most states without a prescription. And, you know, if you know somebody um, who might be at risk for overdose, it's it's pretty easy to get and you should be able to, um, you know, just carry it around with you or keep it at home and um, hopefully save a life if that were to ever um, become the situation. So uh, you've mentioned large government agencies that you guys have been working with, and I noticed that Brunette Garcia is GSA listed. Was that always a direction for the agency, or is that a relatively recent development? I would say about 10 years ago, we intentionally changed our strategy to move towards those larger government contracts. And our first big government contract was with the CDC. And since then, we've definitely expanded our reach mostly within the healthcare space. Um, but we just feel like our unique approach to strategic creativity um, can really move the needle in that space. And we can do it in a way that no one else is doing right now. It's cool. And it's fun to hear about this. Uh, in a past life, when I lived out in the Midwest, one of uh, my big and favorite clients, actually, my wife and I both worked on it uh, at different times was uh, the USDA BioPreferred program. So, you know, giving preference to the purchase of products that are made from U.S. biological stuff. So pins made out of corn and, you know, seat foam made out of soybean oil and things like that. And it was always so fun. And what was interesting about it, for anyone who hasn't done government work, it is different when your client has to testify before Congress, when their client is basically the U.S. Congress. Exactly. You, you really have to take responsibility seriously with what you're doing and, you know, be good stewards for their, for their money and what you're doing um, and stretch your creativity within, you know, that box. We definitely, we definitely understand that we, we are, we've produced multiple reports to Congress and yeah, and we, we take the responsibility seriously as well. Well, it sounds super awesome. Let me take a turn from talking about Burnett Garcia to you specifically. Is there anything cool that you've been watching, reading, scrolling through? Where are you getting your inspiration recently? Um, I've got two kids and you know, working from home in a pandemic. So my free time is pretty, <laughs> pretty limited. But you know, that said, I think that I, I rely heavily on daily emails from sources that I trust. So I my com, com arts emails, my ad age emails, um, and of course, the 
AAF emails as well. Um, I love just, you know, having information fed to me uh, in a bite-sized manner that's easy to digest as a busy professional. Well, that's great to hear. I have one other question for you, and it's just pure curiosity on my part because I haven't spent much time there. Could you tell me a little bit about the ad industry environment in Jacksonville? Yeah, I I think that Jacksonville is incredibly underrated when it comes to the work that we turn out. Um, If you look at, you know, take the national Addies, for example, you know, Adjective and Co., um, Brenna Garcia, there are several agencies that are consistently up there at that level. Um, And I think even the ones that you might not see there, I think that there's some really great design coming out of Jacksonville. We have SCAD, we have Flagler, um, UNF is, I personally think, really upped their game in the last couple of years. And I think that there's really strong design here. And I I wouldn't be surprised if in, you know, the next five, 10 years, it really um, started to appear on more of a national stage. That's always an exciting thing to be a part of is your market kind of coming out in a national kind of ascendance. That's that's a cool time to be there. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, on a personal level with Burnett Garcia, we're, we're also expanding. Our Jacksonville office is expanding, but we're also expanding our Atlanta and D.C. offices. We we know that the future is not, you know, just in one city or location. So we're definitely advancing there as well. Is there anything else that uh, really excites you or that has you curious these days that we should let our listeners know about? I know I mentioned two projects before, but we had a project with Ebony Payne English, a really amazing poet from Jacksonville coming out in the next couple of days. So I I hope that by the time this launches, we'll, it, that will be live and we, you guys can link to that as well. I don't want to reveal too much, but it's amazing. Ooh, I like the suspense. So Arian, <laughs> please send me a link as soon as you guys have it up and running because we definitely want a link to it. That sounds amazing. And what a cool hometown appeal to you know support local poet talent. That's awesome. Yeah, she's amazing. And they will. Great. Well, Arian, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to our listeners. And thanks for being on this episode of AAF District Forecast. Thank you for having me. Education is a major pillar of the American Advertising Federation. We carry out our efforts to the ad community by monthly programming for our members, NSAC for students, student scholarships, etc. This year, however, we are taking it upon ourselves to engage with universities across the district in a whole new way. And with me today to discuss it is Education Chair Mara Clark. How are you, Mara? I'm good, John. How are you? I'm wonderful. So, Tell our listening audience your background info, your career, your AF history, etc. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm really excited about the opportunity. So I've been involved with AAF probably since 2006. I started as the president in the Ocala Club. And then from there, I fell in love with the organization and their mission. And I got involved with the National Student Advertising Competition. I was in charge of helping putting that together. I was also in charge of recruiting students to participate and promoting the scholarships. We have, uh, at that time, we had various scholarships and it was my job to make sure the students were aware. 
And after that, I did the unthinkable. I decided to run for the executive committee and became <laughs> the, yeah, right? <laughs> and became the governor for the organization. And that opened a whole new uh, line of possibilities and opportunities, opportunities, which I am very, very grateful. I am currently on my personal life. I am uh, a digital media strategist for Cox Media, which is a the advertising division of Cox Communications. I do strategy for uh, the Florida, Georgia, Alabama region, and I am happily married. I actually met my husband at AdFit as well, so that's another reason I'm very, very grateful for the organization. I have two teenagers, that one of them is in college and the other one is in high school. And I, uh, I enjoy chocolate and wine and, uh, you know, just, <laughs> just living, living life at the fullest, as they say. And you currently live in, in paradise, right? I do live in paradise, yes. I live in, I, I actually live in Niceville, which nobody believes it exists, but it does. It is uh, like five miles north of Destin, which is one of the most beautiful beaches that you can ever visit in the whole state. I love it in here, and I am not planning on moving. I already kind of semi-retired, like they say. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're Eastern Region Chair. For a couple of seconds, tell us, yes. about, tell us about what that is. Our organization, as many people may or may not know, is a grassroots organization, and we have local clubs and we have districts, and we are District 4, which includes Florida and the Caribbean, and then we also have regions. The Eastern Region Chair has a vote on the National Board of Directors, which is really important. The Board of Directors on the national organization meet three or four times a year, and that position holds a vote in the organization to you know, decide on issues that may affect the, all the other different districts. Even though it may not seem as a important position at the local level, it does have an impact because we can represent a voice in a national level. So what happens after your term as Eastern Region Chair? What, what do you do then? Hopefully I will retire. <laughs> <laughs> no chance. I don't know. Well, you know, I don't know. Every year I say that I'm going to retire every single year. And as I told you, I've been involved for many years now. And this year I was I was actually supposed to to be to retire until I was approached by you <laughs> to become the education chair, which of course I couldn't say no because I'm incredibly passionate passionate about uh, the education part of the organization. But after Eastern Region Chair, my goal is to continue helping at a local level if I can, and at a district level, of course. I can never say no to you guys. <laughs> so, great segue. <laughs> what is the role of an education chair? So the education chair is in charge of making sure the students understand the opportunities that we have and that we have local education opportunities, we have district education opportunities, and we have national education opportunities. It is my goal this year that we can continue to promote everything that they can take advantage of and the, with the main goal of keeping the talent that we have in Florida here in Florida and the Caribbean. A lot of our students move away because they don't understand 
how the how the area works in terms in terms of advertising. So it is my goal for that to change this year. What role did you play in education when you were with the Ocala chapter? I did uh, the scholarship for the Ocala chapter and NSIC for district is I helped Heather and Vivian back in the day to put the to put the competition together, which opened my eyes to what the competition is and then what actually it entails. You know, one of my proudest achievements when I was governor is that I had the opportunity to have a conference here in Destin. The first thing that I did was reach out to a local college uh, in Pensacola. So the students in their advertising program were part of the conference and we have them put together the collateral pieces and the promotion materials and everything that had to do with the planning on the conference along with you know of course myself and and a, a bunch of other people these students were part of the of the nsac class and they had no idea what else we had to offer so it was great to give them a voice to introduce them to the the local chapter and the district chapter, so they could see how we can collaborate together and make things happen, and at the same time, introduce them to the many professionals that attended the conference. So this year for the 2021-22 board year, we are doing a student initiative. So tell Mm -hmm. us about it. Oh, absolutely. So we have two great opportunities. The first one is gonna be a virtual conference. It's called an Attitude uh, Conference. And it is going to be October 21st, and it's going to be during the day. It's going to be around six hours, you know, during daytime. And our goal is to invite as many students as possible because it's virtual and it's going to be free. So that is great. And we're going to have great speakers talking to our students and trying to connect them to uh, professionals in the field as well. And then the second part of that is going to be an in-person attitude conference and that is going to be in Orlando from April 22nd to the 23rd and our goal is to have 100 students in there. We are approaching different colleges and we are asking them to please consider sending 10 students to the conference. So if we get 10 colleges to say yes and we can have 10 students on each from each college, we'll have 100 students in the conference. The conference is going to have content design for them. We want to have the national student advertising competition at that same time. So the students are exposed to that competition as well. And of course, to our American Advertising Awards Gala. This is not free. However, one of the biggest parts of this is that we are going to be helping the colleges fundraise for the event. So they won't even have to worry about the funds for the students. We just want to get the students in here so we can introduce them to what we do and how they can take advantage of it. So quick update, I just found out we're up to seven schools and close to 70 students ready to go. Woohoo! So, yeah, Yay! it's awesome. <laughs> so, that is awesome, yes. Yeah. So it's an excellent, excellent district-wide initiative. And you know, I think you'll probably agree with me here that when we were doing these Zoom calls with the college advisors that I mean, they were just so excited to mm-hmm. have this initiative. And, and so far, we've even had advisors in the local club uh, markets that are wanting to become members and get involved because their eyes are open to who we are and what we do and, and our initiatives uh, year in and year out. So it's just really exciting. 
the advisors from the colleges didn't realize everything that we had to offer. So now it's, this is going to be game changer for sure. So as far as, and you brought this up a little bit, you know, and, and this is something that I've heard from advertising professionals, specifically in Orlando, is how can we open the students' eyes to know that they can stay here in, in, in this state, in this district, and have a, a booming advertising career? I think it's a lot about making the connections. The first step is what we're doing. We are introducing them to the professionals in the area. And once you make that connection, it's easier to retain talent. Um, I think it's going to be really important for both the students and the professionals when we have the students at the American Advertising Awards uh, Gala that they can see the kind of job that is being recognized for both students and professionals because that gives you a great perspective on what's out there. I think it's great that uh, once you make the connection uh, that we can be the ones that introduce them to local agencies that we we say you know this is this is what's going on in the field these are some other resources that you can use to our professional members i have to say take a risk you know give these kids the opportunity please continue reaching out you know they don't know that you exist and that's why they leave the state they don't they're not familiar with the great campaigns that they they may not understand that they came from the state and from a local agency Keep reaching out, keep making the connections. And uh, I think once the students realize I don't have to go anywhere else, there's good quality work in here as well, we may be able to compete with bigger markets in terms of retaining the talent. Yeah, I agree. And looking at the things that the American Advertising Federation offers, which is the American Advertising Awards, so students can attend these galas and see the kind of work that's being done here in the state of Florida and the Caribbean. Um, not to mention the local market silver medal awards. You know, if they can just see that the legacy you can create in your market with, you know, with your career. And that was always a big thing for me in Orlando to see like, you know, people that have been here for 30 years and have made an awesome career and the work they've created and the work that I've recognized from being in this market for so long. I just think that that's so key for, you know, opening students' eyes to see what's available here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I I 100% agree. It's all about making the connection and realizing, oh my goodness, there is huge history in here and I can be part of that. So you said you've been involved for 15 years and other than, you know, uh, being unable to say no, which we love you for, but what, like, seriously (laughs) though, what what continues your drive to stay involved within the district and, and the local level? The connections that I have made, I have lifelong friendships right now, and I can happily say that I have made friends all over the state and all over the country, really. This has opened my eyes to so many so many other fields that I didn't even understood how they work in the in the world of advertising. Um, when I started in advertising, I, I was in ad sales. I had no idea of how much anything went outside that world. And now I being involved for so long that I have met so many other fields that I can say I'm a full advertising professional with a full understanding of many other things and on how the world of advertising works and how my career can go. And I wouldn't have that if it wasn't for the connections that I've been able to make inside the Advertising Federation. So again, the friendships, it is 
it is on you know you can't say no when you care for people it's really hard to say no <laughs> i agree and yeah <laughs> and the opportunities like i know that if i ever need to look for for a job or a recommendation or anything like that i know exactly where to go and who to call and that is wonderful to me well, you were an amazing governor. You're off to an awesome start as education chair. Thank you so much for all that you've done for the organization. And uh, I really appreciate your time today. Absolutely, John. Thank you so much. And thank you for having me. And happy to be involved. All right, take care. Bye. And now I'm going to hand it back over to Jacob. Hey, everyone. This month, I'm speaking with Andrea Wood. She's a recent graduate of University of Florida and the recent recipient of two national Addies, one silver for her Alzheimer's Association work and also a judge's choice for the same entry. How's it going, Andrea? It's going well. Thank you for having me. Glad you're on. So I'm just going to start firing questions at you. Get ready. Sure. I'm ready. All right. Question number one. <clears throat> what is the soul? I'm just kidding. Okay. I was <laughs> I'm like, of my heart, of my shoe, I don't know. <laughs> no, let's actually just start out by, uh, I want to hear about your project, Unshared Memories. I thought this was great. Describe it for folks who may not have seen it. Yeah, sure. So um, Unshared Memories is a little social media kind of activation that we did as a nonprofit for Alzheimer's Association. It was kind of brought up as like a, Kind of open brief, our professor in school was kind of like, hey guys, pick a nonprofit and do something for it. And we were like, sure, okay. So we started doing some research. We felt very passionate about Alzheimer's Association. And um, we found a link of trying to make the disease like matter to millennials because, because I, don't, I don't know if most people know about it, but Alzheimer's is something prevalent in like older people. So kind of trying to make millennials aware of it and contribute to Alzheimer's Association, we decided to kind of bring that, what the effects of the disease to social media platforms, because that's kind of where we all are nowadays. So essentially, it kind of, the campaign aims to take away your Snapchat, Facebook, and Instagram memories um, as a feature that has been really popular recently to kind of show those effects of Alzheimer's and how it can affect people's memory and kind of bring it to a space where most people are right now. So did you and your creative partners have uh, some kind of personal connection to Alzheimer's disease? What, what inspired you to choose that particular nonprofit? We wanted to do something different we had no there's no direct reason as to why we picked it we kind of just fell on it we at first we were trying to do some like environmental kind of thing because that's what a lot of people and I guess people my age have been really caring about lately so we were like wait why not Alzheimer's like we started reading about it and it's like a pretty crazy disease there's not a lot of research or like funding behind it because people just don't understand it and they only start caring about it either because Someone in their family, unfortunately, has is going through it, or it's just something that becomes more top of mind awareness as you grow older. So we were like, why not tackle this as young creatives and try to make it more prevalent in um, our age group? It sounds like you guys wrote yourself the hardest brief possible and then did a wonderful <laughs> job at it. <laughs> right. We did struggle a bit. It was a lot of brainstorming and back and forth and like, 
meetings with our, with our professor being like, what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, tell me about the process, you know, uh, just some tidbits about where the initial idea came from and how you guys went about executing it. Yeah, sure. So I, it's funny because I've known Alexa, our copy partner on this um, project since middle school. So her and I go way back. We've been very good friends. And then Nicole, we met in school, who's also an art director. So I feel like our brainstorming sessions were always just all over the place. Um, We'd start talking about Alzheimer's and like what we could do. And then we, we'd end on like totally different topics. But I think one of the things that I think broke through the best for us was that I think around the time when we were working on this, there was a commercial, the Google, it was the Google commercial of something about, I don't know if you remember it. It was the, when like, it was like a picture, someone was taking a video of like a whale jumping out of the ocean, but then their storage, they got like a full storage um notification and the video cut off and they were like oh man yeah it was google photos yes yes that one and i i I remember mentioning that and i'm like wait that's actually kind of interesting because you know like it's like full capacity like no storage left and we started playing on this idea of like storage and like assimilating it to memories and kind of have your brain as like essentially like a hard drive or like (laughs) of all these memories and how sometimes yeah you can capture a memory in like a picture and stuff but sometimes like the actual experiences that you have and you remember are also worth something and like that's how we found like the thread and then we just were like hello um memories is such a thing nowadays and like snapchat and like the whole craze on like um social media of like oh my god snapchat just reminded me that i was doing this like a year ago or two years ago and it's like wait well what if you weren't reminded what if you couldn't remember what happened three years ago and like that's just how it all came full circle i uh, love that story and you mentioned that one of your creative partners Alexa worked with you and you guys have known each other forever, but I found out when I talked to her that she lives like really close to me. So are you like in the Fort Lauderdale area? I was, I literally moved last week. Like my my parents moved to Tallahassee. So I'm like seven hours away, but I did grow up in the same area as her as well. So you're going from one end of the state to the other. I know. And Nicole's also from Miami, the Miami area. So it's kind of funny how we all (laughs) ended up in advertising at UF, but also with our roots in South Florida. (laughs) Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, You know, and Tallahassee's a great town. I went up there to judge their American Advertising Awards a couple of years ago, and I had a blast. It was so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I just actually... Last week, I think I moved out of Gainesville, sadly, and I came here kind of living full time. So I'm getting to know the city. It's been nice, very green, a lot of hills, very different from what you have (laughs) in South Florida. It's very flat. Yeah, it's more like South Georgia than it is uh, South Florida, for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But there's lots of great breweries, really great restaurant scene, and some killer agencies. Uh, in particular, the the AAF chapter up there, I'll put you in touch with some folks uh, so you can start making some friends. Oh, I'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the hardest part, I, I think, of moving to a new city is you feel like you're kind of starting from scratch. Yeah, also true, but also with like the the whole virtual world happening now, especially with the industry and just working remote, I feel like Yes, I may be alone in my little four walls of a room, but I just feel so connected to people that are all over the country. 
I don't know if you feel the same way. Yes, I do. Distance does not seem like as much of a difficulty. You know, working across time zones has just become normal. And speaking of that, before we hopped on, I found out that you're working with the marketing arm on the same team as one of my interns. You're interning for someone who interned for me ages ago. So tell me about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Small world. <laughs> yeah. So I I got this internship um, at the marketing arm in Chicago through the MAPE program. I've, I've, I've been loving it. Um, I started in June and I'm working with the best people. I mean, you can, you already know one of them. <laughs> and um, they actually were able to fly me out there for a couple of days last week. So I could see the office. I've never been to Chicago before. So it's just been a really great experience. I feel very professionally fulfilled. Been meeting a lot of goals that I've been dying to meet that COVID unfortunately almost did not let me uh, let me do but um yeah i've been loving it and i'm trying to stay hopefully they keep me <laughs> <laughs> well fingers crossed for you it's a killer team you guys are doing awesome work and you know what chicago i gotta say it because i'm on the board nowhere's as good as florida but chicago's pretty good you'll like it there <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i would prefer florida weather i think I'm, i mean i grew up here so like the heat i can take the heat i just don't know if i can take cold winters so <laughs> we'll see what ends up happening with me yeah well hey they got a dallas office true maybe yeah instead of going north i'll go a little west <laughs> yep <laughs> all right so tell me about the advertising program at uf i know next to nothing so start at the beginning ah how far should i how, how far back should i go um, I did not know what I really wanted to do as I was applying. I was like, oh man, I had to figure out what I had to do. So I'll just, you know, rainbows and butterflies. So I, I've always been wanting to do something creative. And my dad loved the University of Florida. He was like, you should apply. It's like one of the best universities in Florida. And I'm like, okay, sure, let's apply. I applied undecided. <laughs> and then as I started getting acceptance, I'm like, oh, wait, I like this advertising thing. I can be creative. I can think strategically. And like, there's psychology involved. So then I found out that they had an ad program and I looked it up. It was pretty good. I'm like, all right, this is it. This is it for me. And I started, I started online my first year through like this program called PACE. I was able to get out of it and be on campus and in-person classes my sophomore year. And I've got to say it was, I, I really found like my people. I don't know, like I, with other creatives, cause like it was not like, let's say a creative centered program, but the creatives that were also there were very passionate about the industry very open to building connections and working together and just like everyone was really trying to help everyone get to where they wanted to be and i felt that not only from my um, colleagues now i guess but also the professors um and just like joining things like ad society which i believe is the aaf chapter that they call they call it at society at us and all these different like organizations and clubs and things like that within the advertising program at uf really helped me find like my people and helped steer me in the right direction to be where i am now which i think is insane like i'm also like the first person in my family to attend like a an american university 
So I was paving the way for myself and like, I, I didn't know, like left from right, up from down. So the fact that I was able to get to where I am and go to the University of Florida, which I, I looking back and I'm like, wait, I made such a right decision. I didn't even know I was making the right decision when, <laughs> when I started. So like really like got super lucky with that. And like, yeah, it's been really good. Well, that's a great synopsis. It sounds similar to some of the other programs where it's um, more of a multi-track kind of professional school. You can go into the advertising program, but then you can specialize in media or account service or strategy or creative. Is that accurate? It's weird because we we didn't really have tracks set out like that. It was more so like, oh, you need like a concentration, but your concentration can be in like oh, media strategy, psychology, or like whatever, but it could also be like environmental science. Like it was nothing ever really that broke further down. It was kind of up to you to kind of figure out your route and like what classes they offered that like you could piece together to like get where you want it to be. Well, that's kind of cool. Leave it wide open. Yeah, right. Yeah. So what class was it that you did this great project for the Alzheimer's Association? It was my senior year fall there was this new well I found out about the class like in the summer like right after I had picked my schedule it was like oh we have this new class opening up it's called ad live boot camp it's going to be online um the professor his name is Mariano Hedemang and he I think he lives in Miami so he was like a he's a what's it called like part-time professor I don't know what you call it (laughs) adjunct yes that's the word um so we were like me and alexa saw the class and nicole as well we were like okay let's do it like it seems interesting can we can get work for our book and mariano has been like the best i think mentor and he thank god he came in he came in at the right time i think that we were all kind of like freaking out we needed portfolios and mariano really helped us like get there because he brought in that like outside like perspective of like this is the advertising industry. This is what you want to do, what you should be doing if you want to be a creative. And he really brought that and like helped elevate like students tr- seeking to be creatives in advertising and helped us all really build our books and give us that like insight to like the real world. Because I feel like sometimes there's like a disconnect between classes that you take in college and then like what it actually is like in the real world. And he really helped us with that. And we ended up taking another class with him the last semester. Like, no, we're not done with you. <laughs> we need more. <laughs> and yeah, it's been really great. I, we really owe all of this to him. Let me ask you, did you get any advice from your professor? Or do you have any advice for how we can better as an industry prepare students when they're coming into school that, hey, you need to start thinking about building your book? I guess early on in a college career, those that are pretty set on advertising being like, hey, there's multiple things you can do in advertising. One of them being creatives. And if you want to be a creative, you need a portfolio because I just feel like I've been freaking out about my portfolio for like four years now. <laughs> and like, you know, I just told you earlier, like it's not even ready yet. Like I'm, I'm constantly working on it. And I do, I have encountered people who realize they want to be creatives like halfway through their degree and they're like scrambling to get a book together and like then they feel like oh I need portfolio school or oh I need more time so they take more classes to graduate a little bit later and it's just like a rush of things <laughs> at the end because at the end is apparently when you notice everything <laughs> that what you need and what you're missing because it can never be in the beginning like, it can never be easy um so I'm just thinking that like maybe making that more aware um in the beginning of 
any like freshmen or like even sophomores of planting that seed of like hey if you are creative you like designing if you like writing whatever a portfolio may be something that you may need to like get a job in the future and you know I feel like also students are students and they're not going to realize that life is going to hit them soon so they might take it they may not but like having that option there I feel like then it's really up to them to be like to decide what to do with that yeah fair enough just get them the information earlier Mm -hmm. maybe it would be the thing uh so they're thinking about it as sophomores instead of as seniors yeah uh, let me ask you this. We, oftentimes we've found that uh, recent graduates, uh, budding art directors and designers are the first ones to pick up on new trends. So what are you watching or doing right now that we should know about? Um, TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. And let me tell you, I hopped on TikTok very late. And I I held it off. I was like, no, nothing will replace Vine. But no, TikTok, I think, has been just spearheading so much. I mean, it's influencing apps like Snapchat and Instagram. I'm not on Facebook these days. But um, I just think in terms of like, just like, like user generated content, and also just like design trends and like just literally it has everything like all trends I think right now are starting there and I've seen I've seen them trickle into like other applications and I I think I read somewhere that like Instagram was actually very worried (laughs) that TikTok was like taking the world by storm and I also saw another I saw a filter on Snapchat literally like two days ago that's the replica of a TikTok filter that's been around for like months so it's just like insane how much influence tiktok has had in not only like social media but in advertising too i mean i've been in a lot of meetings that are just like okay well this is a trend that's going on tiktok and we need to somehow fit our brand into there that makes sense but it can also be relatable and it can like blow up and people can see it and like interact with it which is insane okay so you're in tallahassee now you're working in chicago what's next for you Oh man, I I don't know, and that's what I was so upset about because in I was telling my parents like in college like okay you have four years you're taking these classes you have two semesters a year you kind of have your life planned out for a bit but right now I'm at a point where it's like okay the last thing that I know for me is that like that I have my life planned out is the last day of my internship and the last day of my MAPE program like fellowship. And after that, it's kind of like up in the air, and I hate saying it out loud, but it, it, that's in terms of like short-term um, thinking, but long-term, I just, I, I see myself working at an agency, obviously starting as a junior. I want to work on, with, you know, fun clients, clients that are like, rel- like culturally aware, environmentally aware, just with the times, you know, um, that's what I really have been caring about and more about like crafting beautiful stories and like really connecting with consumers and not just about selling and numbers and whatever. <laughs> I'm more so about, you know, those brands that are really trying to make a personality. Well, I'm sure you're going to find it, Andrea. And I really do appreciate you taking the time to speak to us on this episode. We hope you enjoyed the content, news, and interviews of Episode 3. If you'd like to be interviewed or know someone who should be, let us know at our website, aafdistrict4.org. That wraps up this month's episode of the AAF District Forecast. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time for what's new in District 4.